Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. However, we tend to do things that make us no different than anybody else out in the secular workforce, if I can use that term. And here we're talking about what those things are and how those things ruin your job and ruin your witness for Christ. I'm Kevin Brownlee, and thank you for joining the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we try and take the Bible and its power and make it applicable to our daily life and especially our job. And that's what we're talking about in these past several episodes, and we're going to keep doing that is some specific passages in Scripture that help us in our job. And sometimes help us means get rid of something (laughs) that is not helpful, right? (laughs) Because remember, God made you for His glory. That's what God says Himself in Isaiah 43, 7 anyway, where He says, Everyone who is called by my name, Christian, (laughs) whom I have created for my glory. And then in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Paul says, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And yes, that applies to your job too. Doing your job for God's glory. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to witness But the quality of your work, how you work, your attitude there should be a witness. You should do so well at your job that you are noticed by others. You should have such a great attitude in your job, an attitude of an underlying sense of joy and peace that people ask about it. And then maybe you have an opportunity to be a witness, to witness to them, to share the gospel. But it all starts by being a good worker. And one of the things, or two of the things, that we're going to talk about today are things that absolutely destroy that. That opportunity that you may have to be a witness for Christ. That opportunity you may have to explain to others why you are different than everyone else. And what that difference is. But if you're just like everyone else, you're not going to have that opportunity And you're not fulfilling God's purpose for you, which is to bring glory to Him. Remember, in all you do, bring glory to God. We've been looking at Ephesians 4.31 and picking out the five things that we're supposed to put off of us, totally get out of our lives, totally off our plate. We've already covered the first three, and we've got two more. Okay, The first one was bitterness, and then rage was the next one. And then anger is the next one. Today we're going to talk about two more. And these all come out of your mouth. (laughs) Okay, They're they're things that you say. And maybe even just the way that you say them. Okay, So the first one is clamor. Clamor is something we're supposed to put off of us and not do at all. What is clamor? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Why did God use that word? We don't use that word. Well, let me tell you what it is. It is loud quarreling. It is shouting 
or yelling. Yelling to the point that it is belittling others and it puffs you up. Okay, that's why that is sinful, because it plays on your pride. It promotes your pride and it knocks someone else down in the process, whether intentionally or non-intentionally, it still does. That's partly why we're not supposed to do that. It causes harm to all who can hear in one way or another. Even if you're at the other end of the shop and you're yelling at somebody, somebody could hear you. And even though they may not know what the yelling is about, they are thinking, that guy calls himself a Christian. Not. Clamor is usually something we have to apologize for later. Got that? That's how you kind of know it's bad. If you have to apologize for it later, or if it raises the eyebrows of somebody and they're like, wow, <laughs> you know, in a negative way. Disagreements that turn to shouting usually are part of clamor. Now, disagreements are part of life, but how you handle that disagreement is part of the secular life <laughs> or the, the fleshly life. If it is resulting in yelling, okay? Disagreements that turn to shouting are to put off of you like trash, Paul says. Here's a good way to tell if clamor is something that you have. When voices raise, possibly the result of the previous three, you know, bitterness or rage or anger, if those things are going on, the next thing that happens is yelling. And that's called clamoring, and that's when you know it's time to stop. Okay? In a relationship, in your marriage, if there's a disagreement and it escalates to yelling, that is a red flag that it has gone too far and it has gotten sinful, and you need to stop it. The time for yelling at someone is because they're so far away that they're having trouble hearing you. But clamor, which is the sinful kind of yelling, is because of anger or bitterness or pride or rage, you know, getting even, having to outshout the other one, have the last word. Okay, you know what I mean, right? Good. Because I don't want to have to yell at you until you get it. <laughs> okay, the next one is evil speaking. You can kind of see how things progress. Bitterness turns into rage or wrath, which is get even. And that turns into anger. And anger turns into yelling. And yelling turns into evil speaking. It's fairly straightforward here, I think. That Christians are never to engage in speaking evil of others. Your mom's saying is really helpful here. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, right? <laughs> evil means morally reprehensible. Evil actually comes from the root word evel, which means the opposite of righteousness. And speaking evil is the intent to degrade or cause harm. Slander is what some Bible versions say, cutting someone down, sometimes to make yourself look up, 
You know, it's kind of like stepping on someone to get up the ladder or to get ahead. To make yourself look good, you have to make someone else look bad. That's sinful, and that's part of evil speaking. Titus 3.2 says, Speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all. All of that is really hard, isn't it? At least do the first one. Speak evil of no one. Because by that, you are being peaceable, gentle, showing humility to all. If there's a need to yell because it's part of the argument, what settles that argument or what diffuses that is peace and gentleness and humility. Evil speaking also means what Paul previously said in Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 29. Therefore, put away lying. Yes, lying is part of evil speaking. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And Paul says that that actually gives place to the devil. You know, it gives the devil a foothold when you're lying or speaking untruth to other people. And then he goes on to say, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification. That means building up not tearing down, which corrupt words tend to do, right? That it may impart grace to the hearers. That's really cool. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Because when you do, it grieves the Holy Spirit, he continues to say. Grieves God in you. Do you ever yell at somebody or say something evil about someone and you feel bad? That's the Holy Spirit that is grieving inside of you. Notice it said, let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. That word corrupt refers to what is foul or rotten, such as spoiled fruit or putrid meat. Foul language of any sort should never pass a Christian's lips because it's totally out of character in a Christian's new life in Christ. I really doubt Jesus cussed. I really doubt words out of his mouth were putrid and foul because he's above those words, and you should be too. Don't wallow in the gutter with everyone else, including their words. Rise above that. Choose your words carefully. And make sure they are words that build others up, not tear others down. Or tear others down even when they're not standing there. You know that, right? If the conversation is talking about somebody that's not even there, don't join in and say, yeah, well, da-da-da-da-da-da. If you can't say something with them standing there, don't say it at all, right? In fact, don't say anything, even if they are standing there, that's going to tear down them or someone else. Something else that's part of evil speaking. In Ephesians 5.4, Paul calls it foolish talking. You know, silly talk that makes you sound stupid. (laughs) 
Jesus said your yes is to be yes and your no, no. Don't beat around the bush. Don't try and be confusing. Don't babble on. Say what you're going to say and be done with it. Also, he uses the phrase coarse jesting as referring to evil speaking. Coarse jesting. Jokes that harm or degrade someone is what he's talking about there. He also says this in Colossians 3, 8 through 9, but he adds something else. Let's see if you can pick it out. But now you yourselves are to put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with those kinds of deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him, where we are all the same. Well, did you notice he added blasphemy to there? You know what blaspheming is? There are two meanings, and they both work here. The first one is the act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God, using God's name in vain, saying God when you're not referring to him. (laughs) And the other one is the act of claiming the attributes of deity. You're claiming yourself is more important than God. And yes, a lot of us do that in our job. Think about that for a minute. Putting godly things aside because you know better, so you're going to talk the way you want to talk and do things the way you want to do, even though you know that that's not what God wants, is making you higher than God. That's blasphemy. And that is part of evil speaking. Irreverence toward God. And that certainly isn't part of bringing glory to Him, which is your purpose in your job, right? Right. Ouch, huh? I know. In that Colossians passage, it says we're all the same. I think that's really cool. No one is better than someone else. No one deserves to be belittled by someone else. We're all the same. We have just different roles or different duties, but we're all the same. James gives quite a tongue lashing in James 3, 5 through 10. And he actually is talking about evil speaking also. Must have been prevalent. That's because it is prevalent. We all do it, don't we? Okay, let me read this. Again, this is James 3, 5 through 10. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a great forest is devastated by one little spark? The tongue likewise, with just a little word, can set a consuming fire and ravages throughout your <laughs> your work, your home life, your family, or your friends. He continues in verse 8, But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly. It's evil, full of deadly poison. 
With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My fellow brethren, these things should not be so. He's saying, put this away from you. Stop this. Stop your tongue from causing so much damage. And now, back to us. How do we stop these things, these five things from causing so much damage, from ruining our job, maybe even ruining our families? Back in Ephesians 4.31, Paul tells us, after he lists these five things, and this last one being evil speaking, he says to Put these away from you with all malice. With all malice. Malice means the determined intent to commit harm or injury. Intent to cause harm and injury to those five things. To make them leave you. Jesus mentioned cutting off your hand if you steal. Or gouge out your eye if you keep looking at something that makes you sin. He's saying... Take drastic measures, if you need, to keep from doing those things. Drastic measures. Malice is the word Paul uses here. See, you have the maturity, the mental awareness, and determination to forcefully stop dead and put off all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking. You should practice putting these off. If the need of any of these comes up in your job or your life, stop it right then and there. And the more you stop it, the more you smile and wave, boys. (laughs) Smile and wave. The more you walk away from things, or the more you just shut up, the easier it will get to be because it will become a habit. You know, habits result in character. If it helps, use this to brace yourself against those. Brace. An acronym for brace is B, bitterness. R, rage. A, anger. C, clamor. E, evil speaking. Brace against those, okay? Brace yourself. Don't do any of those. Because they're harming your life. They're harming your family. They're harming your job. They're harming your witness for Christ. If folks see you doing those, they're not seeing Christ. And they will have no reason to ask you about why you're a little bit different. Because you're not different. So quit doing those. They're harming you, they're harming others, and they're harming Christ. When you get rid of those things, you get to put new things in place of those. Right? We all like new stuff. We got rid of the old stuff, and now it's time to put in some new stuff. (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk about those new things. And those things don't harm your job. They improve your job. Don't let this Debbie Downer episode get to you, except to have you get rid of those things, because we're going to have a 
Harvey Happy episode next time. All right. See you later. 